1: Our number two of calling all sports. By the way, before we get to um, before we get to our uh, next guest, which is the great Chuck Hickson, and I'm not even sure what I'm going to talk to Chuck about because he covers everything. He's all over the place. I know I do want to ask him because uh, I know he's over at the Iron Pigs, and maybe he can give us a summation of the uh, 2023 Iron Pig season, but. Before we get to Chuck, real quick, I want to salute. He's a regular listener. He's a regular guest. He's a regular winner with our trivia. I want to give a salute to Eric Snyder, the Caddy Boys basketball coach. He became a grandfather for the first time. And I want to get the information here. It was earlier today, 5.14 a.m., Eric and Tina, oh, I love Tina, uh, good people. They became grandparents for the first time when their son, Andrew, and his wife, Kayla, became parents with baby Emma Sophie Snyder. Emma Sophie Snyder, I like that name. And uh, she checked in at six pounds, one ounce, 18 inches long. Everybody's healthy. So congratulations to Eric and Tina. Good people, love them. And uh, I know that they are going to be the best grandparents ever uh, because they just are good people. And I got some pictures of the of Sophie and uh, the, the, Emma, Sophie, and uh, it's just going to be terrific for them. And just want to mention that hopefully Eric is is listening. Uh, but the uh, good stuff for them. And boy, is he going to spoil that that granddaughter of his? I know that. I know that. But. Uh, Congratulations to them, and I want to give them a salute, and uh, be be one of the first to uh, mention her name uh, in in radio on radio here, and uh, I'm very happy for them. Very happy, and it's going to be a great great thing for them, because uh, being the grandfather of four myself, that's no, nothing better, nothing better at all.
2: Congrats, Mr. Snyder.
1: But no, I'm not going to give you a trivia prize today for that. But although maybe if you we could come up with something. That would wind up going to Emma.
3: Like, what was that that thing that went out of business that we were giving out? Bath, body, and the, what the heck was it called? Man, when it was in business, you always got it right, even though you didn't think you were going to. Bath, body, and what? Bath? Bed, bath, and beyond. I can't get it right now. Well, that's okay, because it doesn't it exist right anymore, now. so there's no pressure on you. And what's the other one that has the soaps? The bath and body works. Yes. I like that one. I think you conflated the two. I did. I did. I <laughs> did. There's, I conflate a lot of things. All right. I don't
1: want to conflate this. I want to give uh, some time to my friend Chuck Hickson back. Uh, we haven't had Chuck for a while. He's been very, very, very busy, and he's all over the place and doing a lot of stuff for a lot of places. But, uh, Chuck, welcome welcome back aboard. And um, before we get to some high school stuff, uh, you, the pigs are over. And uh, a good season, good second half for them, right?
4: Yeah, they finished uh, second place in the international league in the second half which doesn't get you anything um, but uh yeah they they turn it on in the second half um you know and and they had some guys really step up weston wilson had a, a great season for them he's up with the phillies now and it sounds like he's gonna make the uh, postseason roster for the phillies
1: wow so, that's huge uh,
4: yeah, you know, I mean, his first major league at bat this year, he hits a home run and uh, in, in a game that was a no-hitter. Mike Lorenzen threw a no-hitter. So, yeah, he's had quite the season.
1: Uh, and I, I don't know, I, I, I kind of – this is just me. First of all, I don't like the six-game stands. I don't like it against the same team. I don't like that. I don't like the fact now that they're playing through the month of September. Maybe you do, but – I liked it better, and I guess it's primarily because my life is revolves around, like, high school football. and my Well, my summer's <laughs> basically over August 7th already, but, uh, but I just feel like they get pushed aside uh, once high school sports begins, particularly high school football, and, uh, and they're just off the radar screen. I liked it better when they wrapped up around Labor Day, and then they had the playoffs, and they were done by, like, mid-September mid to, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe September 20th or something like that. What's your take on that? This is the way it's going to be now. We're going to play September, a lot of September baseball, and then they're yeah. going to t- they tighten up the playoff structure so it's over, over much quicker than it used to be, right?
4: Right, yeah. Um, you know, I don't like the six-game series at all. Uh, what they're doing is they're saving money on travel, uh, you know, but you're seeing the same teams over and over, uh, you're not getting to see a lot of other teams, you know, and I'd love to see some of these other teams and players come into town. Um, but I, I don't like that. Now, you, you know, me, Keith, I'm, I'm baseball. You know, I, I could have baseball all year round and not complain. Yes. Um, uh, I, I'm the guy who goes online and follows the Arizona fall league, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't mind the baseball in September, but I do think, you know, now you can only bring up two additional players to the majors. I'd like to see that maybe go to four additional players, um, you know, bring up a couple extra guys, uh, give them a look uh, for a month in in the majors. But, um, you know, I can take the September thing, but the scheduling just in general is ridiculous when, you know, their natural rival is Scranton. And you're playing them less than you are Worcester or Rochester. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. I, I, that to me just doesn't make sense.
1: I, I was over there, I think, three times this summer uh, and as a fan. And uh, uh, I don't know how uh, I, I didn't see attendance figures. I, I, I don't know. I uh, it's a long time now. What, 15 years they've been there now? And, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I think it's still a great, great, great thing for the Valley. And a, and a great night out. I know my wife likes to go over there. Um, I'm sh- not sure she would want to go 50 times, but for, for three or four <laughs> times a year, she loves going over there. We have a good time always. But uh, where? how are they doing right now? I mean, uh, of course, uh, they, they built new facilities there, training center, whatever that, that is. But how in general, how are they doing right now?
4: Well, they have the the uh, highest attendance in all of minor league baseball. Again. Um Again. Yeah. So they're still packing them in. Um, it's not quite where it was, which you can expect. I mean, the, you know, it's 15 seasons, the newness has worn off of this, but, uh, you know, they're still doing great. They still do great with their marketing stuff with merchandise. Um, I haven't seen the latest figures, but they're generally near the top of, of merchandise sales, um, you know, logo apparel and stuff. But, uh, yeah, they, they're still packing them in, uh, you know, which says that it's still working. Uh, you know, I, I, baseball purists, it's funny because a lot of the baseball purists like me, uh, you know, we look at it and, and we could do without the, the, you know, between inning entertainment and, and everything. Uh, but for families, you know, that's what they thrive on.
1: Absolutely. That's what my wife and daughter go for. I can yeah. tell you that they look yeah. forward
4: to, to all the
1: stuff that goes on. They look forward to the giveaways. First of all, if they get, if we, if we get there early enough, that's a, that's a pet peeve of mine that, <laughs> that you know, yeah. you have, you have to be there an hour early to, to make sure you get something. But yeah. Um,
4: and, and a lot of the fans have complained because the, the giveaways aren't as often and as, I don't know, liked as they used to be, you know, they're less bobblehead mm-hmm, giveaways. and. Mm-hmm you know um so i've heard a number of fans have commented to me about that but uh yeah you know it it's you know and it's affordable for a family you know so uh i made the mistake of promising my great niece i would take her to the taylor swift movie and now i see the prices and i'm thinking jeez <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
4: you know so as far as being affordable you know, I could have taken a few people to an Iron Pigs game. For, like, you, this is going to set me back.
1: There you go. That's cr- I mean, she is just an amazing Taylor Swift with the marketing and the money she's
4: yeah
1: oh. raking in. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, I, I want to talk about more than the pigs. Now you're covering uh, what are you covering? Soccer for us, right?
4: Boys and girls soccer and girls volleyball.
1: How are those uh, sports shaping up at this point? Because we're like we're already like steamrolling through the to the into the second half of the season. The playoffs will yeah. be here before you know it.
4: Yeah, a week or 10 days ago I looked at the rest of the schedule for these teams and I was like, "Wait a minute, that's that's like right around the corner." Uh, you know, it's it's going well. Uh, you know, volleyball uh Parkland is 12 and 0 overall. They haven't lost a set all wow. season. Wow. Uh and you know, I thought it was impressive the boys were state champions. And they lost, I think, four sets all season long and were undefeated. Uh, but the girls haven't even lost one set yet. Uh, Pleasant Valley and Southern Lehigh, their teams are undefeated, and they've both only lost one set all season. So those are the three teams, and they're all in 4A. So that's going to be interesting.
1: Well, Mike Cross has got a program that is almost unparalleled, and I, with the possible exception of the Field hockey program, I mean, he just <laughs> cranks out championship season after yeah. championship season, and it's part of their schedule that you know that they're yeah. gonna they're gonna be competing in the state tournament and going deep. They were in the, what the yeah. semifinals last year, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and that is the one sport. And I did have Mike on the show. I, I know Mike had a battle with COVID, so we had to push his appearance uh, on our show back a couple weeks, and we just had him like two weeks ago. And uh, you know he he's just got it going strong, and we have a very very good uh, girls volleyball area, and obviously with the championship a, a great boys volleyball area. I think yeah. it kind of gets. Yeah. I, I kind of wish this was in a different time of year because it's everything gets swallowed up by football. But it's <laughs> it we we have a great great area for girls volleyball. With with Beck is usually strong, Central's usually strong. Somebody told me the other day, Liberty's very good again, so. I don't know this. I think that might be one of our best sports.
4: Yeah, Liberty is eleven and two this year so far overall. Uh, you know, and you go to these games now. Naturally, the Parkland DeMayo volleyball game was was packed. You know, which you know you could play. Uh, you know, have those two schools meet and anything, and it's going to be packed. But uh, you know, and fans are passionate about it. And, and same with soccer, you get really good crowds for those games, and they're competitive. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, college teams are watching these high schools, and you know, it's it's a lot of fun, really. You know, you and I were talking the other day, and I said, I love covering these quote-unquote uh, lesser sports because it really is exciting. And sometimes I feel like uh, some people miss out on it, you know. And I get it; they're wrapped up in basketball or uh, football, you know, and, and everything else that's going on. But yeah, it really is a lot of fun to watch these uh, other sports.
1: Well, I really particularly feel bad for the fall athlete because football just dominates, and uh, you know it it does. You know when you look at our page views and stuff like that, you look at the TV coverage. It's it's there's obviously a market for football. Football is king, Uh, so I do feel bad for the cross country folks, the girls tennis people, the Mm -hmm. girls volleyball people who do get overshadowed, the golfers who get overshadowed by football, but we have great quality in girls volleyball, no doubt about it. Now, how about a check on the soccer? How are things shaping up with the girls and boys soccer?
4: Uh, It's, uh, again, a a lot of competitiveness, and there's a lot of um, competitiveness between not just EPC teams, but Colonial League teams um, that are really good. Um, Northwestern Lehigh has just one loss this year, and They've got a kid, Matt Johnson, who is I've been covering local soccer now for close to 10 years. And he's about the best I've seen. Uh, He's the school's leader in goals, uh, career goals. Uh, You know, he's a career leader in in points. And I mean, just rewriting the record book up there. He's got amazing speed and his ball handling is phenomenal. Uh, Central Catholic. Uh, girls are, are really good. They're, uh, they're, they have a tie, but they're, uh, undefeated. Other than that, their tie was against Parkland. And that's the only blemish on Parkland's record as well. Um, Emmaus girls are good, Nazareth, uh, they both only have one loss. So there are a lot of good teams and the EPC playoffs are going to be a lot of fun. And colonial, it generally always comes down to Northwestern Lehigh and Southern Lehigh. Um, so, you know, they'll be battling again, but you never know. The, the colonial league has a couple of teams that it could surprise somebody and, and could beat someone. Well,
1: it, it, it sounds like it's sort of wide open, uh, the, these leagues, right? I yeah. mean, there's no, not unlike pa, pa, Parkland volleyball and he field hockey. It sounds like, you know, we, we don't really know who's going to win these championships.
4: Yeah, uh, you know, last year the only loss that Northwestern Lehigh had came in the Colonial League Championship to Southern Lehigh. Mm -hmm. And the Tigers went on to be state champs. That was their only loss. Right. Uh, You know, and, uh, you know, that says something. You know, you look at the EPC, you really, I mean, yeah, Parkland's undefeated, but you've got Emmaus, Nazareth, and Easton all right there, and nobody would be shocked. If mm-hmm. one of them knocked off Parkland, uh, you know, even Whitehall is, is pretty good. So, you know, you've, you've got the EPC, especially is really tight. Uh, the colonial league, you, you kind of figure it's going to be Northwestern and Southern high, but again, you can't really write that in stone.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, we, what do we have left? I didn't look at the, the internet. Uh, what do we have left about two weeks left in a regular season or even less? I'm not sure.
4: Uh, yeah, a lot of it wraps up um, next weekend. Okay. Um, now, volleyball does go a little bit later. They have into the next week. They have some games coming. Um, but, yeah, it's it's going to be wrapping up, and you get into the, the league playoffs, and you get into uh, districts, and, you know, there you go. And we'll, I'm sure, have some teams that could look to make runs in states.
1: You're going to be a busy guy, Chuck. That's all I can tell you. Yeah. You're going to be a busy guy. <laughs> yeah. And then we didn't even get into like Northwestern football, which I think you cover a lot of Northwestern football. Yeah, so. and they're looking Yeah, they
4: uh, you know, that's that's going to be fun too.
1: Yeah. Uh they are uh, they're steamrolling people. Now, they're in what I think is one of the tougher brackets that 3A District 11 bracket is. Yeah. A lot of good teams North Schoolkill cannot be overlooked. And uh yeah. you know, Palmerton's well, undefeated
4: for people that aren't familiar with Northwestern Lehigh, they, they run through the fall. I mean, they really, you know, between boys, soccer, girls, soccer, Mm -hmm. volleyball, isn't bad. Football is really good. Their golf team has had a good year cross country. They really have a lot of fun up in new Tripoli in the fall.
1: Well, Hey, I told, I had Zimmerman on the Jason Zimmerman on the show too recently. And he's, they, they got an empire going up there. He's like, he's like, uh, whatever it is, a Northwest version of uh, a, par- a Parkland, and uh, yeah. <laughs> very, very successful across the board, and a lot of folks are going up there. I am a little surprised they have dropped in enrollment to to the point that they're three A, but uh, yeah, it, it's been, I am too. They got great facilities up there, and uh, you know they have a lot of great kids, a lot of great families who grow up playing sports, and they're in good shape up there. No, no question about it. It sounds like yeah. it's going to be an exciting. Uh, Let's say a month and a half ahead here,
4: as uh, fall sports start to wind down. But Chuck, we'll let you get. I think as far as in, go ahead. uh, Just very quickly, as far as enrollment, you know that area, they do not want development. Yeah, and you know they they like it the way it is, and you know they're in smaller classifications, but they don't care. Uh, You know, and they have a great youth program, and that's they do.
1: They do. I've been in. I've seen their youth program because I've had grandsons who have played. Uh, in that 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 big park, sprawling park with all kind of fields, that's right right across the street from the yeah. high school there. So I know yep. that they have a lot yep. of kids playing a lot of sports up there. Chuck, we appreciate the time. We'll do this again, uh, maybe as we get uh, to the playoffs in soccer and in volleyball. So I appreciate you coming on today.
4: All right, no problem, Keith. Anytime.
1: I enjoyed it. Thank you. And uh, we'll take a break. Come back. Mike Blaus joins us soon to talk about Mr. Bob's stem.
5: Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone
0: new on the Inside of You podcast.
2: Let's get inside of
0: Shelly Hennick. When so, Obliterated is
2: on
3: Netflix.
4: Mm-hmm. I had the best time. That's and it was great. challenging, but it was
3: like the showrunner. doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show, and you're this not. This was a it's dream. No fun. Genuinely, That's and if it beautiful. wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Yeah, like you're it like, was. Hey, it was fine because I've is. done that. I've
0: asked people, and they're like, you know, yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen.
1: Welcome back. Coming up at ten thirty-five, approximately, we're going to get Mike Blouse online, and uh, very close friend of Bob Stem, and uh, I'm sure he has many, many things to say about the coach. And look forward to that. So, uh, in case you missed it earlier, we made John Halbert of Palisades and Cole Ordway of Easton our players of the week for this week in the Colonial League. We've honored. Aiden Hess of Caddy, Cade Sawyer from undefeated Southern Lehigh, Matt Mahalik from undefeated Palmerton, Dalton Clymer from undefeated Northwestern Lehigh. A lot of undefeated teams left in the Colonial League. Greg Campbell from Bangor and now John Halbert of uh, Palisades. uh, Adds the the Pirates to that list. EPC players of the week. Gabe Green, I think uh, Joe Mayer talked about Gabe. Caden Vassa. And by the way, these are sophomores. I mean, Gabe's a sophomore. Caden Vassa from Beck is a sophomore. Luke Myers, the kid who kicked the 51 yard field goal. He was a player of the week. Trey Tremba, the West point bound Parkland running back star player of the week. Last week, we saluted Caden Henritzi from uh, Northampton upon him uh, setting the all time rushing record for the concrete kids. And this week, we're going to add another sophomore Cole Ordway from Easton. So, there you have our, our Players of the Week and uh, a guy who does his own Players of the Week, I believe. I'll let you do the honors here, but, uh, you know, he, he annoyed me uh, last week. I, we we waxed poetic about him. You me know, and you, Tony, we waxed poetic for, I don't know, it felt like five minutes. And then he says, did you say
3: anything about me? I was like, I if there was a wall, I would have banged my head against it. You've already started it. Do you want to finish it? No. Make it official? No, I'm done. I'm done. Go All ahead. Right. I've got a sh-
2: I've got one shout-out and one update for you, Keith. The shout-out first, as you just alluded to, goes to our main man over there in Nazareth, ripping tickets, kicking butt. Coach. And the coach. The coach, of course. The official title. The coach, Andy Weaver. We hope you're having a good weekend, man, and hope you have a good rest of your Sunday. The update, Keith, I'm sorry to tell you that the the Toy Story broadcast has gone a bit off the rails here uh, in the, in this Jags-Falcons-London game. Glitches galore. Really? From, from what I'm seeing, glitches galore. Uh, the, the, there was a couple minutes where it was just frozen on Christian Kirk's favorite food, which is pizza, by the way. Mm. Frozen on the little slinky dog who apparently is the line judge. Kind of clever. Mm-hmm. Um. Calvin Ridley's touchdown was apparently the graphic had him dropping the ball, but it was in fact a touchdown. Uh, the the made field goal by the Jaguars had him hitting the blocks, which the pile of blocks were the goalpost. So I'm watching the broadcast with no sound. I thought that, that it went off the left upright because that's what the block should signify is the goalpost. Um, apparently, no, the kick was good. It was a little left, but it was good. So I I'm no longer positive that these kids are getting an accurate reflection of what football is actually like, and I'm a bit worried.
1: Well, that's disappointing. I mean, this has been hyped up every
3: time I look at the Monday night game. I know. It's been hyped up. And, of course, we had two Monday night games the last two weeks. And you know what? I'm sure that there are so many animators and
2: tech people who worked outrageous hours and overtime hours into putting this thing together. And to see it not really working thus far, it's that's a shame. It really is. It sounds like when
1: I go to Disney, which I haven't been there in a while now, but when I go to Disney, there's X amount of rides that are shut down. I mean, this last time I was in Disney, I'm trying to think when it was 2014, so it's been almost a decade. But last time I was there, like, uh, this ride's closed for repaired. We're working on this area. Sounds like that. Disney's got some work to do. That's Disney all I has say.
2: so much money what is the excuse? Yeah, there is they, no excuse. They, sh- they have an unlimited bottomless pool of money. Just throw money at whatever the problem is and
3: fix it.
1: Uh, yes, indeed. And, and uh, trust me, it, it, I've had to take out second mortgages to, to pay for my trips. I think I've been there three times. I was there once as a kid and then three times as a father and a grandfather uh so it, it's a very expensive very expensive proposition
2: right, uh, john robinson just made a ridiculous one-handed catch i'm no longer watching the toy story broadcast but you they get the pro- regular one on. they okay. probably have him dropping the ball on the toy story one <laughs>
1: um very good and what else the oh since it's on tv here we got a big beautiful big screen tv
3: here and of course on the screen right now is uh, travis kelsey your take on that real quick i could not care less oh really okay i i don't understand it to be honest it's, it's, with you. It's I, all money. It's all about money. That's what I could see. And I, she's, she's, a, she's done it again. She's boosting the NFL. Taylor Swift feels like some some like cosmic joke that everybody is in on except
2: for me who just does not understand and is not allowed to understand. I, I don't get the whole thing. I don't get why this romance is a big deal. I'm already annoyed that every single broadcast has to make really, really weak jokes about it. It
3: it got tiresome the, the second it started. Indeed. I can't believe, you know, and people don't know this about me. They don't care
1: about this about me. But I don't know when, I don't know. 15 years ago, I was doing a lot of country. Okay. She started in country music. I was doing previews. I was doing reviews. And I got to talk to Taylor Swift twice. Now, believe it or not, she was later than me. I think like I had two, these were phone conversations. They were not in-person interviews, by the way. And like say the say that she was supposed to call me like at 10 o'clock, she called like at 1030, which I could adjust to because that's my life. You, you know that. So, but she was a sweet kid, a real sweet. And like, she was a kid at this point. She was like 18, 19, maybe. I got to talk to her twice. I got to go see her at a place called Croc Rock. Love Croc Rock. Hamilton Street, yep. Allentown. There were, I don't know,
3: 300 people there, maybe. It's a big crowd for crowd.
1: 300 cards. people, maybe 250. I don't know. My, I took my wife, and we were thinking, she's a nice kid, but she can't sing. You know, she can't sing. We weren't very impressed. Uh, and now, fast forward 15 years later, she's the biggest star on the planet. It's just and shocking. by far, you know? by far. Now, if you... I, I'm sure I could find, if people doubt me that uh, this this sports writer actually talked to Taylor Swift and did a couple stories on Taylor Swift, I'll, I'm going to track down. Why would you lie? Uh, I do have those articles clipped somewhere. I don't know where they are, but I did the articles, uh, and I found her to be a very nice young girl. Now, this was, again, she was
3: just a little kid, basically a teenager from Berks County. Well, at, at the time I talked to her, but uh, Chuck Chuck was alluding to the uh, the concert film of hers that's coming up. Yeah, and what I does thought, that cost? Because I thought maybe that would be a, a, a something to go see. I apparently not cheap, but like how saw, much? Like fifty bucks? What? What I, is it? I don't know. I, I
2: just read that the the pre ticket sales had already blown away like the last Spider Man movie, which which had the previous record for like pre release ticket sales, and this has already surpassed it by like fifty million or something like that. It's crazy. I, I do want to clarify. I've got nothing personal against Taylor Swift. Just in case we have, I know that there's a huge crossover yeah. in your listening audience mm-hmm. with, with the Swifties, that we get a lot of Swifties tuning in. <laughs> so I I just want to be make absolutely uh, clear that I've got no problem personally with Taylor Swift.
3: I just don't understand our cultural fascination with this romance. I. It's strange to and it, me. And it's, it's strange. To, to me, it's fake. It's, I, 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 I just don't, I'm not buying into it. It's fake. But it's making a lot of money, which is what the world does now. It's all about money. We both recommend the uh, documentary on the other, Kelsey, though. Yes,
1: we do. Yes, we do. All right. We need a break. Mike Blouse coming up. Don't go away. Calling All Sports is back after
3: this. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's What Women Binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yeah the hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, "What is it real? <laughs> <laughs> in 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.
1: Welcome back. I want to thank our previous guest, Joe Mayer. I want to thank uh, Chuck Hickson. Again, I want to salute Eric Snyder, the new grandpop in Katasakwa. John Halbert of Palisades and Cole Ordway are players of the week. But this is what uh, I was looking forward to most with today's show. I got Mike Blouse on here and of course, a big loss in the Lehigh Valley on uh, Friday night with the passing of uh, coach Bob Stem legendary figure, the winningest coach in a uh, Lehigh Valley football history. Uh, Mike, I want to first of all, thank you for keeping me up to speed. I know you're very close to the family and, uh, you kept me abreast of what the situation was and we, we we are not totally shocked by this we we knew it was coming and yet uh, i'm sure you agree that when the when you know he did pass it was it was still a blow and, and very very sad and i just wanted to get you on to sh- for you to share your thoughts cuz i know you were you were much much closer to him than virtually anybody else
5: yeah, um, just just like you said, you know, it was it was not a surprise. Um, Bob had been sick um, for several years, um, and and kind of took a turn for the worse about two and a half weeks ago. Um, you know, and and uh, he he went home. Um, he, he passed at about nine o'clock on on Friday night, just as the football games were ending, and you know, when I let Coach Roeder know. Um I was driving home from, from uh Freedom Seven Nothing went over East Stroudsburg South and um I when I got the message from from both of his uh son in laws, um and like uh, you know Coach Roder said, right, you know, right at the end of Friday night football is, you know, so he so made it one more week there. Um and, and as you said, you know, there's, even though you're expecting it and you know, it's coming soon, there's a certain, you know, certainly a, a finality to it that, you know, never will you, you see him again.
1: Well, great. I mean, you again, know? I don't know if you heard, I, I, I talked about him a little bit in, uh, when we opened up the show and I said, people who just saw him on the sideline on a Friday night, maybe read the quotes in, in the stories they did not uh, nearly get the full picture of him. I, I, you know, and I, it took me a while to get to know the full person to meet Janice, to meet, meet the kids uh, and see him interact with like grandkids and stuff like that, where I really, really got the full picture and got the whole, the whole version of the man and was very much impressed by that, that person. And uh, again, you know, great competitor, very fiery competitor on a, on a Friday night. And I it did dawn on me, and I was going to lead my story yesterday, something connecting Friday night, but I just didn't know how to connect it appropriately. Uh, but uh, the man who was Mr. Friday Night in, in many, many seasons, he, you know, Becca was an attract attraction. His comments, uh, Bob Stem was an attraction. And you know, and again, he dies on a Friday night. and it did. It, the the irony did hit me there a little bit. But um, talk about the person um, you spent a lot of time with him, um, and and got to know the family so well. Your 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 thoughts on on that that complete person that he yeah. was?
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, it's a three letter word, but fun. You know, I mean, there there was nobody, you know, to to just hang around with or to to be in the company of that was more fun you know you knew what you knew what you were getting you know bob bob wasn't a listener bob was a talker and you know you were going to get your you were going to get your uh, chops busted he was going to bust your chops a, a lot um and you were going to laugh a lot he was going to tell you a lot of stories uh you know about the old days whether it was growing up on dishwater hill in Phillipsburg, or whether it was Syracuse, Syracuse playing days, where he won a national championship with Ernie Davis, the first Black Heisman Trophy winner. Um, uh, uh, his favorite topic, and, and you kind of touched on this, was certainly his family. You know, he, he was so proud. Um, you know, and 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 you know, there there were many opportunities to do that because. You know, there were a lot of car rides, uh, whether it was to, to, to the, uh, off track betting, or mm-hmm. whether it was to, to Atlantic city. I mean, mm-hmm. there were some long car rides and, and that was when he was at his best because mm-hmm. boy, you were getting, you however long you were in the car, man, you, you were getting stories and, and you were entertained. Them, you you were university. definitely entertained. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, 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 uh, yep. I mean, certainly though, I mean, what stands out and, and, and you wrote this and I, he went into the Hall of Fame. He went into the uh, Pennsylvania Coach Association Hall of Fame like two years ago. Right, and, and you wrote you wrote the story, and you know it was about football and family, and and you know he he what came across is, you know, how to be a good you know husband and, and, and father and you know grandfather because you know he was he was good.
1: Well, what I it's it's ironic you mentioned the off track betting and stuff where I really connected. Back in in the 2000s, I went to Vegas like, I think, uh, in a span of like seven years, I went there to Vegas like four or five times. And I know he was going to Vegas. And so I would ask him for tips. And I'd ask him, you know, where to stay, where to eat. And we bonded over that. And the number one thing he ever taught me was, you got to get what he said, Keith, you got to you got to get one of those cards. And when you play the slot, you got to put the card in the machine and then you can rack <laughs> up these points and then you can get like these offers. And and sometimes you you if you play a lot, you can even get like a free night stay. I knew nothing yeah. about this stuff. I knew nothing about it. I would just go sit down. I wouldn't get a card. He said, yeah, you got to get the... So from that point on, every time I went into a casino for the first time, whether it's Mohegan Sun up in... Books Barry or the one over here, Wink Creek, I made sure I got a card. And I, well, yeah.
5: And that's Coach Stem. And then I bumped into I him. I can't one, tell you. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I just can't tell you how many times. He might have told you that, but I can't tell you how many times he, he forgot that card. Well, in me the machine. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it happens to everybody. Yeah, it but does. Like, pretty much any card or any, any machine he put that card into, he forgot, he forgot sure. it. And it was backtracking and. And, and to be, and to be, I mean, that's where, you know, I mean, obviously our, our, our memories of Bob are on the football field mm-hmm. and that's, you know, where he became a, a, mm-hmm. a you know, figure, but I, I kind of met him up there too at the, at the downs, you know, I used to go up and, and kind of hang out by myself and him and two of his buddies, Joe Cook and Dave, Dave Frail, like he would hang out with them. And mm-hmm. eventually, you know, I, uh joined up with, with their posse so to speak and mm-hmm. and that's kind of really where where I met him too I in in the early days I mean I covered east and so I didn't see a whole lot of bobs right right um you know um it wasn't until kind of the end of his tenure there at Bethlehem Catholic that that I really knew him but yeah so yeah it was you know and and if you talk about the football coach I mean you you said it I you know we've seen none finer in the Lehigh Valley than than him it was certainly it was certainly a different era he coached in and, you know, um, in a lot of ways. And, you know, I mean, he, he was, you know, uh, just talking to, you know, you know, of a lot of his players from, I played with him in back uh, and, you know, he was, he was quite different on the football field. He wasn't easy always, um, you know, for, for those guys, because when you hear them speak now, they still call him coach, obviously. And they're still kind of somewhat afraid of the man, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so. Yeah, he, he he certainly left a, a lasting legacy. Well, he you know, ele- you know in this area,
1: I I think it's unquestioned that he elevated. Obviously, he have ele- elevated his programs Peaburg and Becca, but he elevated yes. the play around the valley. He people wanted to beat him. Okay, so to beat him, you had to elevate your play. And I covered like a 70 to 40 Central Catholic. I don't know what the score was, but it was like an like mm-hmm. unbelievable game. And I don't even know what year it was. But Central was inspired because, and I know people who said, yeah, I got him once. Like Tony coca for example. I hate to mention names, but Tony coca yeah, I got him with a trick play once. Or Rich Nizak when he was at Allen. They, yeah, he beat, you know, everybody remembers when they beat Coach Stem because it was rare. It was rare to beat that man. And when they did, they knew they beat the a legend. And it, there was something special about that. He elevated everybody. He made everybody coach better. He made everybody play better. And that should, should not be overlooked uh, in, this, in this whole thing. But I get annoyed because people say, boy, did, did you like Coach them?" I say, yeah, I loved them." I may not have yeah. loved him from 7 to 9.30 on a Friday night, but I thought he was really a great, great man because I got to, I got to know the family. And I got to meet, yeah. and I said, look at who else produces four kids who are not only, you know, great people, but they became teachers, master's degree recipients. There's something to be said for that. Now, you know, no one coached them; He would give the credit to Janice, but my God, what a great family. And I would hear about the baking, and I'd hear about the, the candies he'd make. And I think I even got some one time from him. The Easter candies he'd make. Yep. And and this mm-hmm. and that and and uh, I just had had a different opinion. Look, I Mike, I got to take a break, and I'm I have a couple more for you on the other side. Okay, yep. Thank yep. you. Very good. We'll continue our conversation about Bob stem with Mike Blouse after this. Welcome back. Final few minutes of this edition of Calling All Sports. We have Mike Blouse online in different topic than we normally talk about today. Although I I would like to to get him to say something about his Detroit Lions, who's Playing good football. I I don't want to end, end this without him getting a chance to say something about them. But uh, primarily, want to talk about Bob Stem today. And uh, Mike, uh, what what should the legacy be for for Coach Stem,
5: in your opinion? Yeah, well, it's kind of been the theme. I mean, football and family. One of the one of the greatest, uh, you know, high school football coaches in the Lehigh Valley i mean you know uh, as you wrote in your article you know um you, you led with the, you know the wins and, and the accomplishments um but more than that you know um you know the players uh, that that uh, the people the the students that he impacted i mean you know he was all he he was all about his football team but he was also all about the band and the cheerleaders and yes. making everybody Feel part of of the you know of the experience uh, of the of the football season because, as you know better than anybody, I mean a lot of times the football season will drive what kind of school year school is going to have, especially especially you know big ones you know in the the Eastern Pennsylvania Conference and in the Colonial League. Um, So you know he 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 wanted to make everybody feel part of it you know and, and and certainly. Um, you know, his daughter, Trish, Trisha, um, his middle daughter, you know, speaks of how many people would, would, you know, approach him, you know, and thank him for, 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 you know, whatever, whatever way he impacted them. So, so certainly from the football aspect, just, uh, you know, the wins and losses and and the people we impacted. And then, and then as we, you know, as we said earlier, just, just his family, his, his wife, Janice, and, and, you know, their, their four kids. And I mean, you know, that's, I guarantee that's what he would want to be, you know, remembered for being a, a good husband and father and grandfather.
1: He definitely was that. And you're right. He enhanced, he definitely enhanced what I think is one of the great things we have in the Lehigh Valley, and that is high school football. Yes, I know we have a lot of folks around here that love the Eagles. They want to talk Eagles. They want, we have people that live and die with Penn State. But my bread and butter for 41 years has been high school football. And it was my going to stadiums as a kid and just being a part, not just the game, but the spectacle of the band and the cheerleaders, the teams running out and breaking the, the banners and stuff, all that stuff, Mike. That, that was a big part of why I got into this business and made it my livelihood. And he, he loved that. He loved the whole scene of that. And he he loved the atmosphere. He always talked about emotion and spurring emotion. And if you spur emotion, yep. you're gonna have kids that are gonna, you know, play harder and play better. He he's a big emotion guy. And yep. uh man, he brought it, man. He brought it every Friday night. He brought it every day in practice. Yes, he was tough, but that's it's what he grew up with. That's what he grew mm-hmm. up with. He grew up with that was the way it was but in the in the 50s and the sixties. You had tough, hardcore leaders. That's what he grew up with. And yes, what well, he was tough. I believe he was tough on his assistant coaches, quite frankly. But he wanted the best out of everybody. because and, and he gave it all he had, so he wanted everybody else around him to give all they had. So I don't know. I just think he enhanced the – he made Lehigh Valley High School football a more attractive uh, platform. And uh, I'll, I, I just – he was a part of – he was Mr. Friday Night. He was a big, big part of what made it special around here. And uh, that's 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 my take on it. Um, Mike, do you have any any idea when when services are planned or, or that has yet I to don't be announced? Yet,
5: no, okay. um, I, I would think that 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 word will come down today or tomorrow. Uh, but but I have not heard from from the family when when services are yet. I'm sure wherever
1: they go, they better get a big big venue because there's going to be a lot yeah. of people there. Um, and real quick, I know a different, totally different subject and tone. How about your lions? They're playing good football. I like it.
5: They are, and you know who used to bust my chops about the lines more than anybody, Mr. So Stem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway, yeah, they 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 are. They're they're pretty good. Um, we we kind of thought going into the season, you know, they're pretty good. Certainly nationally, um, you know, there were there were you know high expectations for them. I still think they're you know uh, a notch below the Forty ers and the Eagles. Um, but, but they're, you know, they look like right now, they're certainly the best team in the, the NFC North and, you know, Jared Goff's playing really well for him. We, we talked about that. Um, you know, so yeah, they, they, they got things rolling in the right direction. That's for sure. Let's hope they can keep it going.
1: Happy for Jared right now. I'm not sure. I, I think I might rather have Jared as, as QB than Mr. Stafford, but Stafford. Uh, yeah. Up.
5: Mr. Stafford's getting up there.
1: Yeah. He, and he's got a Super Bowl title. But uh, he hey, I kind of have taken to the Lions. Maybe it's the blue and gray because uh, I'm a Deerf guy, and uh, they wear those colors. Uh, uh, but uh, I hey, I, I'd like to see him make a make a run at it. Mike, we'll we'll visit again on a much happier note. And by the way, the the the, the pink out the dig pink event tomorrow night at Freedom. That's a great event. Get Thank over you, there for yep. that. Yep. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. That's uh Mike Blouse I want to thank everybody Andrew Stone I want to thank everybody we'll see you next week for another edition of Calling All Sports
0: You listen.